listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. I think that UCLA was exciting, no doubt. And I don't want to make a big deal about this, but like a great roundhouse right, you know how they say he's got knockout power, the heavyweight? Well, our pick on over 10.5, you sum up the final fours, as the Pirates old announcer would say, there was no doubt about it. Because the way I do my math, 11 plus anything equals a winner when the over-under is 10.5. For the end of that game, though, <laughs> the end of that game, Fez, uh, Michigan had a lot of chances at that. Yeah, no doubt. We thought Michigan only got one chance at it, and they got two kicks at the can. Well, you know, what do you mean? Why did we think? Who thought there was only going to be one chance when at Michigan it? When Michigan missed their first shot, I thought the ball had dribbled out of bounds and the game was going to be over, and then they did put you out. Know, did you know the call? Did you know who it went off of? It, yes, but I you thought... You did? So, the, the refs got it wrong? The refs got it right. Then I'm confused. You I thought there was only went off. I of. thought there was only going to be 0.3 seconds left. And so how much time was left? 0.5. So oh. enough time to catch and shoot. Yes. You get a pretty good shot. No doubt. Yeah. So probably not the focus being the one chance, right? The focus was they had look, seemingly look after look, and they were all good looks. I mean, it's like it wasn't like there was a desperation shot in the bunch. Surprisingly good looks. Yes. But still, UCLA wins. And this is a team, it's hard to figure. Now, Pac-12 has obviously overperformed in the tournament. USC got beat, and we'll get to that easily against the Zags. We were wrong. We liked the dog in that game. But UCLA winning, this is a team that, that had to play in the play-in, UCLA. It's a team that... Ended the year not all that hot, right? If Lost anything, four straight. Four straight. I mean, yeah. the opposite of hot. Now, you had the theory yesterday that I thought was quite insightful. Your thought was, hmm, here's why the Pac 12 might have done, might be doing better than we expected. Because the COVID restrictions in California were more restrictive. And because of that, compared to typical other states, because of that, the ability to practice, the ability to do the things that teams do to get better, to evolve throughout a season, they were restricted. And thus, what might take two or three months in another conference out of state, it took maybe an extra month, an extra period of time for the California schools. And in general, the Pac-12 schools on the West Coast, a little bit more restrictive, even beyond California. And thus, the maturing, the coming into their own, the kind of reaching their pinnacle for a team happened later in the Pac-12. And thus, how they were doing in December, January, February was a little behind other teams. But then, as so, if you looked at the season results, performance of the Pac 12, not that impressive. But the truth at the time, the truth entering the tournament was these teams were peaking. And thus, we saw a lot of Pac 12 performances that it's been over beyond expectations. It's exceeded expectations. As you saw the two games yesterday, does that still feel right to you? And again, this is something that has not been said many places. Uh, any update on that thought? Well, it certainly fits UCLA. If you watched that game against Michigan, it's certainly the eye test said, boy, both these teams 
pretty much equal. This game could have gone either way, and UCLA was catching six and a half, and just UCLA throughout this tournament, you nailed it. They're the 11 seed. They got to win a play-in game just to continue. Uh, I don't think anyone would have had UCLA close to an 11 seed if we reseeded these all these teams. Clearly undervalued team. Well, but hold on. If we would have reseeded UCLA, when would they? I mean, now that they're in the Final Four, yeah. what, so what Final Four team would ever still be a double-digit seed when they won four straight games? Fair enough. But I think that we so we think UCLA is better now than we did four games. Well, ago. much, much better. Yeah. Straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. What's up, everyone? It's me, three-time NFL All-Pro Sean Marion, and I have a new sports podcast called the Lights Out Podcast with Sean Marion. This podcast is special to me as I get a chance to talk to some of the best who've ever done it on the field or the track. So whether it's talking to a Super Bowl champion or a NASCAR Cup Series champion, the Lights Out Podcast will bring it to you the only way I know how to. I'm giving you the best insight from the best who's ever done it. Listen to Lights Out with Sean Marion on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, 17 games. As a classic old school guy, a young old school guy, but still at heart old school I don't like 17 games. I get it. There's more money. They're going to make more from a preseason game. The theory is there's going to be three preseason games now, which means, okay, there's going to be an odd number of home and away during the preseason for a team and an odd number in a 17-game season. So my understanding is they're going to be alternating that year after year where you either have an extra home game in the preseason, which is less attractive, or an extra home game in the regular season, which is obviously more attractive. So all the time, what leagues are trying to do, all the time, is make it where it's a fair competition. Whoever makes the playoffs, it's fair. right? I don't know if that's the case. If one team has nine home games, the other team has eight, how is that fair? And I get the next year it's going to be in reverse, but for this year, there's an advantage. What's the point? I don't know. Maybe they should all have one neutral game, which would be very interesting, wouldn't it? Pick the state. Like, every team, you make it like a regional game, and you and it could be region across, because what they've done here is added a non-conference game, correct? Yes. So why not say, okay, who's the non-conference team that is a rival? So let's say Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Maybe they play every second year, every third year. Maybe there's a cycle of these kind of games. And maybe that game is played at some stadium that's not the Steelers stadium. It's not the Philly stadium. Maybe it's somewhere in between. And lo and behold, that's like a travel. It's almost like an event you travel to. And you say, hey, we finally, you know, Giants against Jets. I think that's a great idea. You probably want to do it starting next year because of the COVID restrictions. You don't want both teams traveling, right? Well, this year... Um, by all accounts, the fans and Goodell has said in a statement he believes they're going to have full fans and uh, no restrictions, it seems, by this fall. I mean, 
I don't know. I don't have all the doctor's insights he has, but that seems to be the NFL. I don't think it's particularly pertinent, So, and I don't think they're going to do it this year regardless. We're coming up with an idea, but do you have any thoughts on the idea, perhaps? I actually love the idea, and it goes back to that fairness aspect. The AFC, all the AFC teams now have a slight advantage. They get the nine home games versus the NFC teams. At least they kept it within the conference that everyone within the conference is all going to play the same number of home games. All the AFC teams get nine home games. Okay, now that's interesting. So what you're saying is because it's going to be alternating years in which the home team is going to be designated and who you're competing against is going to be in conference because till you get to the Super Bowl, you don't really compete against a team can be undefeated or not. It doesn't really affect you. And since there's no home court advantage or home field advantage in the Super Bowl, Really, what the record of the other conference is doesn't matter. That does address that pretty well. Let's give them credit there. I hadn't thought that all the way through. So, all the AFC teams have an extra one this year, all the NFC teams next year. And then the theory is the Bengals, the Steelers, the Browns, the Ravens, all in the division, and all the AFC teams are all playing on the same playing field. What isn't the same playing field is the emphasis now on what you're if you have a first-place schedule, a second-place schedule, third-place, or fourth-place. In the past, up to now, it affected two games. There were two extra games you played that weren't predetermined that was about your slot. Because if you think about it, you would play one other division in your conference right, and play all those teams. You would play one other division out of conference, play all those teams, and then there'd be two other div- and then you played six games amongst your own division times two each three times two and what was left was two games against the other divisions in your conference but slotted first place second third or fourth so for example Washington that won the division last year and that's the bet that I made is right here on air love Washington to win the NFC East plus 350 that was our bet And at the time, Washington would have had to play a first-place schedule, and that would mean two additional games against first-place teams. And the theory is the next year, those first-place teams are going to be better. Not that every year they're the same, but in general, if I could play last year's fourth-place team or last year's first, I'd rather play last year's fourth. But now, this cross-conference deal, that one additional game, one, NFC's playing on the road, which hurts Washington, and they have to play the Buffalo Bills. So you're going to add one game, and you're adding the Buffalo Bills. Now, I'm not sure how the rest of the NFC East ended. What was Dallas's slot last year? Dallas is at New England All right. this year. At least that's a kind of a tougher game. Yeah. In fact, that makes me feel a little better. But obviously, I'd rather be at New England than be at Buffalo. Sure. And now the Giants, though, are going to have a fairly easy game, right? Well, I guess against so – Giants got last, was it? The Philly. Uh, the, oh, Philly, the Philly got, got last. last so. Okay. Well, I guess they did have that six pick. <laughs> yes. So Philly will get the Jets, and then it's going to be Miami against Giants. Okay, that's not so bad because Phil. But you can see now that it was two games before that your position. Because you always hear, oh, they, that team has a first place schedule. That team has a second place schedule. It's like it mattered in two games. Now it matters in three games. Fifty percent more. Pretty big deal, I think. And it's a kind of a big deal to kind of throw at us after bets have been made. Now, do you think it's worth, I'm talking to Steve Fezzik, we are straight out of Vegas. Do you think it's worth seeing if some of these early bets have been canceled? Now, obviously, there hasn't been any over under win totals yet. 
which would be 17 games, obviously, going over nine versus 16 is very different. That would be canceled. But something like division bets, are we sure that all the different sports books are just kind of rolling with it? That is my understanding, that all of them have the fine print that uh, you still have action. By the way, Bet Rivers did come out with the first NFL season win number after the it was announced the 17 games, so based upon 17 games. Do you have those numbers in front of you? What do we got for Dallas and Washington? Dallas, nine and a half shaded to the under on the VIG. Okay, so nine and a half out of 17 games. Go ahead. Washington, eight. Holy cow, that's low. I like the over. So they're saying Washington is favored to have a below 500 record. Yes. What's the Giants total? Seconds. Wow, that is bad. I mean, good for me. <laughs> Giants at seven. Okay, and then Philly? Under seven, Vig on the under. Okay, so they're saying Giants and Philly are almost even. Mm -hmm. Giants a little bit better. Well, I tell you this: you let me take the Giants over Philly, and make me lay one thirty or something, where it's heads up on wins. I'm go. I'm I'm taking off the rubber band. What would you like in that? Well, you mentioned to me because of our discussion off air how bad Philly is going to be. I like the Giants. But what did you think? I hadn't formulated my opinions yet. Oh, okay. All it's those, early. All those, all, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's like when you don't really know the NBA that well and you're not working four days a week, chances are you should be doing something. Like, what? You're not doing NFL? What are you doing? I'm doing NFL. But you haven't gotten to the NFC East yet. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's Steve Fezzik. I'm RJ Bell. Okay. There's another team that you think is going to be affected by the schedule, the 17 games. And that's a team that's going to be, to their advantage, the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, because the 49ers were in last place last year. So, they get that last place team in the AFC North. They get to go to the Bengals. Huge advantage for San Francisco, because there's only one bad team in the AFC North, one below average team, and it's the Bengals. So, Seattle has to go to Pittsburgh. Arizona has to go at Cleveland. The Rams have to go to Baltimore. Look at that. San Francisco, big advantage with this added game. And it goes to show you the emphasis, once again, the emphasis on where you finished in your division, an additional game, that means it's 50% more important. AFC North plays the NFC West, AFC South versus the NFC South, AFC East against the East, and the AFC West against the North. So the South matches up against each other, the East matches up against each other, and then the AFC West against the NFC North, and the AFC North against the NFC West, and that's where you're saying San Fran against Cincy, the one fair or in theory easy team in the AFC North. San Fran gets to play. Yes. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. All right, Fez. This is one of those examples, and if there's a lesson to be learned for the kids out there. And we're always thinking of the kids. I worry sometimes. I used to do uh, Kevin and Bean for years, like six years in uh, L.A. morning radio. And uh, they were like, you know, like a Howard Stern show. They retired. And I had five straight, actually six straight winning NFL seasons with them. And I said, sometimes I worry that the kids who grew up listening to this every Friday morning through football are going to think, I don't want to go to college. I want to be like (laughs) R.J., and bet. So I always got to say for the kids, it's not easy. It's not, and it's cutthroat. And you've got to deal with some real scumballs. But 
it's been fun for me. And one of the lessons that you got to learn is next year comes mighty quick. So if you find a system, you find something that's noteworthy, and it's only noteworthy one game a year, one day a year, you put it in the files. And one of those things is an opening day baseball system that's won a shocking amount. And we're going to give you that system. We could keep it for ourselves. It probably hurts our net profit giving it to you because you're going to move the numbers. 100 plus thousand people going to move the numbers. But you know what? That's a commitment that I've made. We're not going to hold stuff back for you guys. First, though, let's talk about the season as a whole. We got two big favorites in baseball opening day tomorrow. Yankees are the second favorite, plus 550. Dodgers, first favorite, plus 350. Now, historically, favorites have not done well in baseball entering the season. McKenzie and pregame.com research, pull that up because before the Dodgers, it had been like 21 or something straight favorites that were better than 10 to 1 that didn't win the World Series. Can you pull that? Yeah, one sec. All right. And just put that on the screen. And so we're not saying the only teams that can win it are the Dodgers and Yankees, but they are the favorites. Dodgers five and a half to one. Or check that. Yankees five and a half to one. Dodgers three and a half to one. After that, Padres. Padres, the third favorite. San Diego Padres, eight to one. Atlanta Braves, 10 to one. White Sox, 10 to one. White Sox is a team that was hot last year. A lot of betting on them last year didn't turn out so well. Mets, 11 to one. Twins, 18 to one. Houston Astros, 22 to one. Blue Jays, 22 to one. Okay, so Dodgers, Yankees in top tier. Padres next. Braves, White Sox. Mets. Those are all the teams better than 18 to 1. But if you look at how good the Dodgers really are, they have a win total, the Dodgers, of 103 and a half. 162 games this year, right, Fez? Yes. Normal amount. Mm-hmm. And over under 103 and a half. That's the highest win total since the 1999 New York Yankees. And the Yankees had won a record 114 games the previous season. So Yankees in the middle of their dynasty, then the next year, in 1999, they had a win total of 104 and a half. Now the Dodgers, the highest this century, 103 and a half. They add Cy Young winner last year, Trevor Bauer. Now, on the low end of the spectrum, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pirates over under 58 and a half wins. That's tied with the 2019 Baltimore team for the lowest win total ever, ever. So, not good. Pirates, not good. Me, as a lapsed Pirate fan, I believe that my lack of Pirates fandom is conscientious objection. It's very similar to that. I can't support a team that destroys winners and wins that way. Uh, Before the Dodgers last season... World Series favorites of 10 to 1 or better were 0 for 28 to win the World Series. So between 2010 and 2019, there were 28 teams favored like that. This year, there's three. 0 for 28. Every World Series champion, except for last year and the last 11 years, was better than 10 to 1. Bigger long shot than 10 to 1. Straight out of Vegas! 
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.